You're now listening to Let the Jameson Sink In with your hosts, Violet and Pav, where we discuss your anonymous perspectives and tea on real-life topics from relationships, sex, politics, celebrity gossip and everything in between. Our next topic is... If we are so modern, why are men who express their emotional side not praised, but rather seen as a simp or less of a man? So this conversation came about because um, kind of tied into our um, last month's topics about are you a type's type and terms like alpha male and stuff like that were thrown around and terms like simp, which is a, I'm pretty sure it's a new word because I've only heard of it this year, <laughs> to be honest, but um, it's obviously thrown around in a negative fashion. If a man is sensitive or acts that they're trying too hard almost. Um, but obviously a wider conversation piece around this is not just in dating circles, but I think in being able to show their emotions in social circles with their friends, their family, etc., cetera, um, without fear of judgment. Um, so on our page we put up last week was uh, Men's Health Week. And after doing some research, we found out that statistics show that 75% of suicides are men and they'll be the last task for help, but it appears that they're the ones that, sort of require it the most because that statistic is shocking in itself and yeah i mean i really hope this episode helps men sort of speak up a bit more and um ask for help if they need to but yeah i'm just gonna open up to the gents um so do you guys openly talk about your emotions if so um why like how do you sort of how do you feel like you're perceived and if not then why don't you talk sort of talk about your emotions so yeah whoever wants to take it away um, I'll have a first go at answering the question. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great question. I think that over time, um, I feel like society in general has become more open to men discussing their feelings, men being open about struggling with their mental health. Uh, and I think it's just a natural process as well for me um, in terms of getting older and having that self-confidence to be open about uh, my emotions, my feelings, and all the rest of it. So I feel like, um, yeah, maybe maybe a decade ago, maybe when I was in my teenage years or in my early 20s, um, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable um, talking about um, anything that I was going through or, or my emotional side or all the rest of it. And um, of course, I guess there was also a dynamic for me where um, when you're around a group of guys, you want to... Um, you know, you don't want to appear as, um, you know, um, any, any, like any less of a man than them. And so I guess the process of aging for anybody, right, is the process of um, confronting all of the um, kind of um, more toxic lessons that you learn as a kid, right? And I feel like for me, the lesson that I kind of picked up just from people around me was that, um, you know, men um, don't speak about these kind of things and you have to always be strong and all the rest of it. But as I said, um, I feel like um, the process of growing up, the process of, um, of my twenties and just trying to figure out what kind of man I want to be. And um, the example of uh, people in, in, in my life, my family, my friends, people that I admire, uh, I do think where I'm, I'm at a moment. And I think it's also can be said to an extent for people in society in general, where me discussing with my male friends, for example, that, oh, by the way, I've had this particular, uh, you know, issue or um, 
in any way I'm, you know, I'm, you know, struggling. I think that w- what I've learned is that it gives, it, it basically gives confidence to my friends to also open up, right? Because this is the thing. It's not like anybody actually meets this ideal of the Superman who never has any, you know, uh, mental health issues or who is just always strong and all the rest of it. Everybody has got some kind of issue. And I feel like, particularly now that I've uh, moved from England, moved to Canada, I've had that period of like emotional self-reflection about my life. And I've met people who have also gone through a similar period of emotional self-reflection in their lives. Um, As I said, I feel like me discussing any of my issues gives, gives permission, gives confidence to people, to, also, to other people to also discuss the issues. And you realize that, you know, it's like, it's like this realization that why weren't we speaking about this before if we're all going through the same thing? It's just like, you realize that this, um, this model of masculinity, like nobody actually meets it. And instead what's really masculine, at least for me, what's really confident and what's really just powerful is where you have the confidence to, um, to be who you actually are and not have to hide it and not have to pretend to be something that you're not. Yeah, 100% agree. And yeah, I agree with you as well with, I found that as well when I speak to, cause I started therapy about two months ago and yeah, it's definitely benefited and I've not, I'm not someone that sort of shies away from telling people what I'm doing. So I have told people like openly, I put it on my Instagram and stuff that I'm in therapy and stuff. And I talk about it and then it's actually been surprising how many men have actually sort of been like, Oh, um, I've definitely thought about it. And it's obviously something that until it's brought up, they don't want to talk about it. So you're right. Whenever you do have these kind of conversations and you realize everyone's going through similar struggles, similar uh, paths, especially Delapo, like you mentioned sort of moving to Toronto. Um, Obviously I've moved to Toronto as well. And I think that, that was one thing that I've realized has been a massive sort of strain on my mental health just for various reasons. But yeah, it's just, I didn't really acknowledge that until I started therapy and I was like, damn, this is, but hundred percent would recommend therapy to anyone that's listening to anyone on this call. That's not in therapy. I would highly recommend it. It's definitely benefited my life. Um, Anton, uh, same question to yourself about, do you open up to your, um, social circles, partners, etc. about your feelings or? Uh, well, first of all, uh, this is just me. A man is a man, you know? I mean, if you're religious, you know that God made man. And then uh, he was the one who was taking care of the garden of Eden. Then he was lonely. Then he made a woman. What I get from that is a man. I mean, you are the one who practically you should. Um, how can I say this? You're in control. I mean, as it relates to emotion, and uh, I mean, a man, I, I never show my emotion, and I think I should not show my emotion because I'm a man. And normally, we have to be strong, especially for women, because they show more emotion than us. What if I'm going through something emotional and she's going through something emotional? Then, then what's going to happen? Who's going to be there for us? I'm not even talking about um, getting therapy because if you're in Jamaica, you know you'll never see a man in therapy in Jamaica. There's no way that's going to happen. <laughs> so I just believe, I mean, as a man, um, because I think for us also, uh, I mean, everyone has a breaking point, obviously. Everyone has a breaking point. But um, you can just bottle up your emotions and then eventually it will just fade. I mean, um, 
you you have to be strong. That's all I see. You just have to be strong as a man. I mean, I've I've had a lot of problems. Um, and I mean, even with my uh, friends, um, girlfriends, family, and stuff. But what what? I mean, what can I do? I mean, I can say I'm strong enough to keep my emotions and just say, "Hey, brush it off and move on." Some men they can't. That's why they commit suicide and stuff. But also. Even here in Jamaica, if we had, um, as I said, if we had a medium for men to express themselves, you know, maybe that could work. But then, even if we do have it, I don't think men will attend, or I don't think they would participate or do anything. Because I mean, especially oh, I mean, I'm speaking because I'm in Jamaica and I'm seeing what's going on here. Um, it, it also has to do a lot with the culture here in Jamaica. I mean. I mean, the men, the guys in Jamaica, even for me, they're rough. They're so rough. They're so hardcore. You know, it's like, yo, I'm a man. You know, I'm I'm indestructible. <laughs> I have no emotions. I'm I'm uh, I'm Iron Man. So you can throw bullets at me. You can you can do anything you want. And guess what? It's not gonna hurt me. But yet, deep down, it does hurt. But then, what do they do? Who can they talk to? If you understand what I'm trying to say. So because of that, we just keep it. We we keep it. Let me just ask you a question though, Antela, that um, because for me, you're one of, the, one of the most well-traveled persons I know, or probably the most traveled person I know. So not even just looking at the perspective of Jamaica, but you've, you've also lived in quite a few countries. You've lived in the Middle East, you've traveled all across Asia, you now live in the US. Um, do you think this is worldwide, um, not just Jamaica? Okay. For the Middle East, every I don't know if you guys know, but the man comes first in the Middle East, and everything is a man. For example, if you if you go to a restaurant, the waiter or waitress has to hand the man the menu first. The man has to place his order first. Even uh, when COVID just came in, if you're supposed to, if there's a male and a female, and you're supposed to check the temperature, you have to check the man first. You have to sanitize him first before the woman. If you're married. When you go to a restaurant, you're the one who's supposed to order for your wife. So I think um, it's it's also different if you go to Asia now. Men in Asia, for me, they're, they're a bit feminine, or maybe because I'm hardcore, but I don't know. <laughs> they will more express themselves, um, especially in um, Japan. Well, not Japan, sorry. I should say um, South Korea. The men in South Korea, they're very expressive. They're more expressive than women. But if you should go to Japan, the men in Japan, they're more of a silent type. They bottle everything in. And then, um, as Pav said earlier, bottle everything in. Then when they reach their limit, they'll just commit suicide. They literally have a, a mountain in Japan called Suicide Mountain where the men go and kill themselves. And, um, and then if you... I think it's a, a Western thing. I think Western guys are more stronger than uh, Asian guys. I mean, that, that's just my opinion and what I've um, experienced. And um, uh, how can I say this? And I think, I think we should reach a point where, I mean, I mean, it's hard to discuss. I mean, this topic is, is I'm not going to say it's sensitive, but it's very hard because for me, I can say I'm a go-getter. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I see what I want, I go get it. I don't, I don't think about emotions. I don't think about anything. I know what I want. That's what I want. I go get it. Whereas someone else will be second-guessing, oh, uh, maybe I shouldn't. For example, talking to a girl, oh, um, maybe, no, maybe I'm too dark. Maybe I'm too fat. Oh, maybe my hair is not straight enough. Uh, maybe I don't smell good. For me, I don't care. I will just go. I don't know if that answers the question or maybe I'm off topic. No, no, something. no, it's, it's, it's good, it's good. So just to sort of clarify, you say you don't agree with or it's not in your personality to uh, open up or talk about your feelings. You kind of just sort of bottle it up. No. To, but yeah. do you feel, okay, because I've been that guy as well in my younger years, like I've just sort of tried to put a brave face on, but it doesn't get to you sort of at one point or another, you kind of like reach a point where you just explode. Does that, has that never happened to you? No, no, really? because uh, for me, I really, I just forget about it. It happens, okay, a few months pass, um, you forget about it, you move on with life, that's how I feel. Okay, like. but what about in the, in the months that you're dealing with it? Uh, it can be depressing. Um, it can be depressing, but what I normally do, I just stick to myself. I, okay. I stick to myself until it takes until it fades because i mean some people deal with stress uh emotions differently some people will have uh i mean they'll get angry you know some people they will cry for me i just ignore it and i just say hey that's life whatever move on okay uh, i'm curious to hear what the ladies think nadia i think you uh looked ready to say something earlier i don't know <laughs> i have a lot of opinions and i just i think it's a completely different point of view um and i'm obviously i'm not a man I'm, I'm female and again this just goes back into the whole being heteronormative and i think some of the things that you were saying Antoine, were kind of contradiction um contradicting each other so for example um one men should be strong you just bottle it up until it go, goes away and you were talking about in japan how a lot of the men are like that but then there is suicide mountain for the men to just go and commit suicide. So I just don't understand why there is such an, ex like I'm not sure if people or the men realise that there's steps that you can take before you commit suicide to like just bottling it up. Like I have to be so strong because this is what society tells me as a man. Um, I have to be to just actually, I can't deal with it, I'm going to commit suicide. Um, you made a point about how if I'm struggling or um, emotional and the woman's emotional, then what will we do? Well, we'll both be emotional together. No one's asking to be rescued. Um, I don't think there's any women out there expecting their man to rescue them um, emotionally. If I can't process my feelings, that's for me to maybe try and find an alternative way. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not trying to challenge you because you have your own way of dealing with things. I just think it's quite a dangerous stance, especially when we're talking about suicide and the fact that um, maybe men feel like they can't express themselves. If you have a problem, there's some things that are quite deep. By bottling it up, it's not going to go away. It's going to still be there. You're probably still going to think about it or it's going to eat at other parts of your life because you're not talking about it in maybe a controlled way. And I'm not saying that, you know, as a man, you should be talking about your business to everyone. But like um, Pav was saying, therapy has been good for you so far. Um, I know it's been good for me. And I just think that these, these gender norms are really dangerous because you're 
you're basically punishing yourself. What it sounds like to me, what you're saying is that you're punishing yourself because you feel like society is telling you that this is what a man should be. So if by that law, if I if if I'm gonna say a man is not strong or on the brink of suicide, then they're not a man. It's like those are the only two alternatives. Like, do you know that there's things that you can do in between so you don't have to be strong and silent or suicidal there's so many different states that you could be in I, I don't even know where to start there's so many things that I want to say now I just can't even express it all that just I'm not trying to sound patronizing or um you know playing down like what you said and your feelings I just think it's really really a little bit sad that there's people who feel like they can't speak about their feelings because they feel like they have to be that for other people, not even for yourself, but other people. It's just, there's just, I have too many thoughts at the moment. And I'll probably have a whole speech in an hour's time when I've digested it. Um, I just wanted to follow up on what Nadia was saying. So uh, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with, with um, what she was saying. And I feel like one, one interesting thing is um, redefining what we mean by strong. So uh, for me, again, part of the process of growing up was part of the, was, was intertwined with me redefining what uh, being strong meant to me, right? And so I've gotten to a point in my life where for me, um, you know, men are obviously human beings, human beings uh, experience emotions, right? And I feel like the true strength is where you realize that you have um, an issue, an emotional issue, and you uh, don't run away from it you're brave enough to face it and to do what you need to do in order to resolve it. So um, whether it's going to therapy, whether it's discussing with a friend, whether it's seeking help in whatever form, um, the, the, truly, uh, the truly strong people that I uh, really respect and looked up, look up to in my life are those people who have done just that, right? So I feel like, uh, again, when, you know, when I was a kid, um, I guess my, uh, my, my idea of masculine strength was um, something more along the lines of what um, Anton was suggesting in terms of just having, you know, um, somebody who dismisses um, or suppresses their emotions and just moves on. It's like, you know, the British stiff upper lip and all the rest of it. But uh, as, you know, I agree more with Nadia that I feel like that is um, in the long term counterproductive, but it's not really conducive towards, um, you know, happy, uh, long lasting relationships, which, you know, the previous conversation we were having, we were all affirming the importance of communication and of making sure that you discuss things with your partner and you're enjoying it on the same page. Um, and I feel like, yeah, if, if you do have a long-standing issue that because you're a man, you feel like you can't, you have to suppress it rather than dealing with it, I feel like it is going to manifest itself in one way or another. And I feel like um, it's not going to be conducive towards um, an optimal kind of healthy relationship if you've got this issue that you're suppressing and it's manifesting itself in some way. Um, and yeah, that's basically what I have to say. Can I just also add as well, that things like that, you have to think about the long-term effects of that. So that kind of behaviour is very generational. So, um, so let's say you have children and they see, or the children take like the, you know, ideals from their parents. So if they are always with, and my dad was very much the strong silent, like, man, he never expressed himself. He didn't know what he was thinking. Um, when my mum left him when I was about seven, didn't show any emotion. Didn't show any emotion until the man died because, and he didn't let us know that he was ill. He just died suddenly. For us, that was devastating because he could have spoke to us about it. it that's had a long-term effect. 
But you have to think about what you're passing on to your children. You're teaching your children that actually it's okay. Would you want your child to be in some sort of emotional pain and not be able to resolve it in some way? Would you want them just to kind of keep it in? They're, then, them, they're teaching their children how to be children. And it just goes on and on and on. It's like, when who is the person that breaks that generational pattern in your life? And it's not even like... Um, not even like that I was saying about for relationships, it's for relationship with yourself. We all want to be happy people. What is life if we can't be happy? There's so many things that affect us out that we can't control. But what we can control is how we deal with things and how we respond to things. And if things are just being bottled up, it is not going anywhere. It's like a, a, a can of Coke. Like, yeah, you shook the can of Coke and the, the, you screwed the lid on. But once you open that, it's probably it's going to burst and it's going to come out somewhere else. It's not going to go away just because you don't speak about it or deal with it. It just leads to generations of unhappy people making other people unhappy as well. So it's not just affecting you, it's affecting everyone around you. Yeah. Thanks for that, Nadia. Uh, Sorry, yeah, go on, I, But I think, I, I think, to be honest, um, as you said, it's generational. It, it is. Because... Um, just like a few weeks ago, um, my mom, her friend died and he died on a Wednesday and Sunday. I mean, he was talking to my mom and everything was fine, but he had cancer. He didn't say anything to her. And then when he died, the comment my dad was, that's a man. <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's my a mom, dead man. My dad was like, definitely a dead man. That's a man. <laughs> It's but, really scary um, because it's like you're, you're, it's not you. I'm just saying this model of a man that's like this, get go into relationships with people not being emotionally stable. And again, I really don't mean that in a patronizing way, but if like what Dapo's saying, in your sense of Dapo's sense of the word strong, which is different from yours, is facing your problems and dealing with it. If you have unresolved problems within yourself that you are not dealing with or acknowledged, that's not a very healthy, that's a very toxic relationship because it's going to present itself in different ways. So like I was saying, a woman is more, more emotional. Well, there might be things, actually, I need to know how you're feeling. I need you to express these things. I don't need you to be strong. I need you to be a human being because we're human beings together, not just a robot. If I wanted a robot, I could buy them from AliExpress, but that's not what I want. I want to be with my partner. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm um, Shib- okay. sorry. I was just gonna sort of ask Siobhan <laughs> what her sort of stance was on this because I know you said you're in a relationship right now. So, what do you sort of define yeah. as strength in a man or your partner? See, for me personally, it comes back to being comfortable with the person. So, the person being able to come to you and tell you how they're feeling, and you not judging them or seeing them any different because I think a lot of men probably think that if they was to tell certain females who they don't feel comfortable okay let's say say for example a man was in a relationship with a woman and he knows that if he was to tell that woman how he genuinely felt if he was upset about something he knows that woman's going to see him as less of a man a man sorry or if they do have an argument somewhere along the line she might fling it back in his face and make and be, make him feel belittled so I think that's why some men 
keep their feelings to themselves to avoid that from happening to them. But I guess if you're with a woman and you know that she's not like that and you're comfortable with her, you you will be able to express yourself to her and tell her how you feel. And she will know she won't look at you no different of a man that you that you are. I if my partner was to tell me that he was upset for whatever reason, I'm not going to look at him as less of a man for telling me how he feels. I'll be like, okay, let's try and figure it out. He's still kind of the same as Anton with the whole no therapy thing, but I'm big on therapy. But obviously, as Anton says, I think that is just a Jamaican cultural thing. But when it comes to expressing his feelings, he doesn't feel no way to express it to me because he's comfortable and trusts me to know that I will help him and I'm not going to see him any different to what he is. And I'm not going to see him as less of a man if he cries or shows emotion towards me about being upset about something. And then I I, I guess I keep repeating myself through this whole podcast. It's just, I guess, being comfortable with each other and being able to express the real you and not being guarded and only showing bits and pieces of you because you're holding bits and pieces that you don't want your partner to know because you just don't trust them and trust that they will protect what you're saying and not use it against them. I see Anton shaking his head vigorously about what I'm saying. What do you have to say, Anton? No, uh, I I agree with you 100% because sometimes um, if, if you do express yourself to a woman, if you have an argument, that's the first thing they're going to push in your head, you know? They're just going to fling it at you. And then, I mean, how are you going to feel about that? So that's why a lot of men, they, they just keep it in. They, they do. They don't yeah. express themselves. Yep. And if they do express themselves, it, it's different ways. It, it's going to be practically, they're just going to beat around the bush. Mm. And you have yeah, to figure definitely. it out. If you, if you do figure it out, you do. If not, then that's how it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think I've def- that's definitely happened to me as well, where I've been in situations where... I've expressed myself and it's been thrown back in my face. And then I did sort of f- t- take that PTSD almost to my next relationship and didn't, cause like you kind of like, as much as you don't want, you kind of sort of pigeonhole everyone. You think, Oh, they're going to be the same and this and that. Um, so yeah, I definitely um, see where you're coming from with that. So with your partner, does he express himself to his friends or anything like that? Like, or is he just completely like strong, silent type, like all the way? I guess it all depends on the topic because he could be both. He can be the whole strong, you're a man, man up sort of thing. But I guess it all depends on the topic and what the friend is being emotional about. Sometimes he will obviously say what he thinks and then he will say, I think you should just, his opinion, do tell them his opinion, what he thinks they should do or how they should handle the situation. But then he has that same Anton situation um tendency should I say that sometimes he thinks that I should have where you can be upset but you need to brush it off and get over it whereas it takes me quite a while to get over things things piss me off very easily and I could be pissed off for six hours and he'll look at me like why are you still pissed off like get over it you can't change it but that's how I am sometimes I can be pissed off for a couple of days and he just doesn't get it and he'll just shake his head like you have time to dwell on something that happened two days ago whereas he will be pissed off for probably a couple of hours and he'll just shake it off and he's back to normal again. But I don't deal with situations like that. But then he tries to show me 
or tries to try and make me deal with things how he deals with it and I'm like sorry I can't be like you I'm that's just not me if I'm pissed off or I'm upset about something I'm gonna dwell on it for a bit and then when I'm ready to get over it I'll get over it I, I just think that I mean just to summarize everything I mean it's easy to say that whenever a man should express himself for women, they always take advantage of it and they use that against us, you know, and, and being a man, I mean, if I can't express, express myself to a woman and if I can't go to therapy because I'm a man, then what should I do? What, what, what do you guys think? I mean, Wallet, what do you think? Why? I want to know why you think you can't go to therapy. Um, because, therapy is for everyone anyone who feels that they they need to speak to someone um anyone who feels that they're struggling with anything I, actually my perspective is that it's not a i don't think it's a jamaican man thing i don't think it's a man thing um i think it could be down to maybe a it could potentially be a black thing and um, maybe i can even say um, African-American Caribbean thing. And I think it stems from slavery days, unfortunately. I think um, back in the days, um, men had to have this persona about them. They had to be seen as the alpha male and they weren't allowed to show any sign of weakness um, because then um, they had to be strong for, you know, everyone around, you know, the other, the, the other slaves that they were with. And there, there's a few things that um, I think it's a, a form of mental slavery now where we're still, we still believe that we can't express ourselves or it's still seen as, you know, you're, you're maybe the weaker slave or the house slave. If you say that you're in pain about something, you're supposed to be strong because, you know, you, you, you're supposed to accept struggle. Right. And it, it comes down to even the way our parents used to speak to us when we were younger um I remember going to my dad being upset about certain things and my dad is the typical he was the typical Jamaican man that you you expressed Anton and Siobhan expressed where he my dad also died last year he had cancer and he didn't tell any of us and just as Nadia said I was completely devastated last year and to the point where now I need therapy because it's something that I'm struggling with because I just don't understand how he was going through so much pain he was going through so many things um, and I could see how it was affecting his personality where he started getting miserable. Um, and it was down to things where he wanted to do things and he couldn't do things anymore. And it was frustrating, but he did, he just didn't know how to, to tell us. He didn't know how to express himself. And to him, he felt that, you know, he had to be the man. He had to be strong. I can't, you know, I can't show that I'm feeling pain right now. I can't show that um, I'm hurting, you know, my my children, which is, you know, um, two girls, they're going to feel, you know, that I'm not a strong man. I'm not a this, I'm not a that. Until the very end, I, we didn't find out that he had cancer until after he was in a coma and then passed away after nine days. So it comes down to this. You need to be, you need to have this persona. Um, you need to, you need to be strong. You need to be this you need to be that 
And it's quite unfortunate because then you end up in a situation where Japan, I know you spoke about Japan a lot, but Japan actually has the highest rate of, of suicides and male suicides in the world. And it's because they bottle things up. And that suicide mountain that you're talking about is because men just feel in that society that they can't express themselves because the women are going to look at them in a certain way. And it's unfair that you can't, you know, therapy is there and therapy exists and therapy is for everyone and I don't believe that we should accept the struggle I don't believe that you know um back to the point I was saying my you know if I went with my to my dad with a little issue a small issue oh dad um you know a boy upset me for whatever reason oh why are you crying about that that's nothing to cry about you know I could never go to him and cry about anything it's like you know in my days you know in um old school Jamaican in my days when me used to go to school I'm like okay so you struggled do I have to struggle as well like do I have to live a life of struggle did you not say that you paved the way for me to have a better life you said that you took on the struggle so that I could live better and just because we don't share the same type of struggles it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect us and you know I, I don't know if we've already spoken about this but it's almost like we're in survival mode where we just you know we're going through these things and we just feel that we have to keep going we don't have time to sit and process but you know what I think COVID has really taught us a lot we've had a lot of time to ourselves we've had a lot of time at home and I really can see how now we're really processing, okay, actually this happened to me and I have this time to sit and think, how do I deal with this? And now we're not equipped. We don't know how to deal with it because we're always, you know, on the go. And now there's many, many people out there struggling. But Anton, why do you think you can't have therapy? Is it because you don't know where to go? Is it because you think that if you do get therapy, you're going to be looked at as less of a man? Because that's not right. Like, I personally believe everyone should go to therapy at least once. There is some, and especially as people of color and especially as black people, we have had to deal with so much different types of trauma. We've had to take on our parents' generational trauma. We have our own trauma to deal with. Do you know how this, the first time we have been affected by um, seeing someone die on, on media, like a black person being shot, killed in America I think it's because we actually saw it and we could all picture someone like that right when I saw it I it affected me for about a week because I literally thought of my dad I was like that could have been my dad right and how do we now deal with this trauma that we've ex that is trauma right that's actual trauma that we've experienced and we're, we're continuously seeing these things in the media when we go somewhere like you know Anton you're very well traveled so I don't know if you've experienced where someone's called you the n-word or someone's not giving you um entry into a, a place because of how you look the color of your skin the way you speak whatever that's also trauma so why do you do you feel that you can't express yourself? And, and why do you feel that you can't talk about it or go to therapy? Um, well, I mean, I have experienced that in, um, in a lot of places, but I think it's generational. I mean, I'm a man. What therapy? If I should tell my parents I'm going to therapy, they'll lie. They'll say, what are you wasting your money? But people don't do therapy. And that, that's an actual thing in America also. Can I just ask as well, like Violet was saying about, you know, what makes you think, feel like you can't go to therapy, but also 
and and I think Anthony was saying, where what do I do or where do I go if I can't go to therapy? And um, I think there was something else. And um, I was asking, what about your friends, the other males? Um, I saw yeah. something. I can't remember who died. I think when DMX died, and there was a whole bunch of uh, black men talking um, to each other about how we wish that he could have come to us with these struggles. Why don't Why don't we feel that we can talk to each other as that like, we are like proper coldies, proper homies, friends, but we can't talk about these things. So likewise, why why do you think that, and this is for the men, like why do you think that as men you can't talk to each other if you're all, like, being all men, can you not have similar experiences and outlooks where actually it won't be such a t- taboo thing because, you know, you get it, you understand, you're going through the same societal expectations that I am. Um, so why why can't men talk amongst themselves? It doesn't have to be something that is spoken about with their partner or with the therapist. Why can't you talk to your friends about this? Uh, I mean, because I think my friends, I think they share they share the same point of view as I. You know, like, I mean, I could have five friends and five of us are going through something, but no one will say anything because guess what? Um, we think it's not the right thing to do because of, society and i guess maybe our culture and 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 the generation you know i mean if you should try and talk about your emotions or something they would say ah you're a sissy you know in jamaica we use that word or look at you why are you acting so girly so um it's really hard it's really hard to do that Uh, i just want to build on what um anton said um and yeah i I accept that um, there is this um, feeling, or, or at least you know, the friends that I had, um, you know, when I was younger, there is this feeling that you weren't able to speak about these kind of things because you know you don't want to be seen as being less masculine or the rest of it. But then I think it, my response to it now aligns with some of the different threads that have been kind of raised in the conversation so far. I mean, how 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 well can you truly know somebody if they're going through some really traumatic emotional thing and they haven't spoken about it because they fear that they're going to be seen as less of a man like what kind of what kind of what quality of a friendship is that um and i feel like you know for me at, at, at this stage of my life um the kind of connections the kind of friendships i'm looking for are people who i am able to be 100 myself with and i feel like if if i'm hiding a part of myself or hiding an experience i'm going through then i'm not being completely genuine with who, who they, with who i am and i feel like to the extent that people then like that version of the lapo where he's pretending to be some superman who has no emotions or has no problems then they're not actually befriending me they're befriending some fake version of myself which is actually genuine um and it's also aligned with um with romance and romantic uh, you know, interactions and all the rest of it. A point that was raised earlier in the conversation was there's a fear that if you are open about your um, emotions, women will laugh at you and they'll, uh, they'll you know, move, move on and all the rest of it. I'm at the stage of my life now where um, I want that to happen in the sense that it allows me to then pick out the women who I want to be with. I feel like the idea of um, me being emotionally open um, and that leading to um, a, a woman dismissing me as being less masculine. In my mind, at least, that's kind of the behavior that you'd expect of a teenager. Um, obviously, I'm 30 years old now, and I, I, it's not something that I'm looking for. I'm looking for an adult 
uh, relationship in which you're able to be open about what each person is going through and all the rest of it. So this is also part of the confusion that I have because, I mean, we started off this whole conversation by drawing a link between emotional sensitivity or being in touch with your emotions and being, quote-unquote, a simp or being in some way, um, you know, I don't know. The, the common uh, idea of what a simp is, I, I imagine, is somebody who um, is not... Um, who finds it difficult to actually um, to actually find romantic partners, and instead is doing all kinds of other weird stuff in order to, um, you know, in order to reach this goal. For me, at least, as I said, I feel like um, the kind of romantic um, relationships, the kind of friendships that I'm looking for, are romantic relationships, friendships which are based on who I actually am, not based on some fake version of me, which is some fake, you know, super masculine, never emotional version of the lap or I want to I want to have a I want to have interactions with people where not only am I able to talk about um what I'm going through and be honest but then also I can talk about what they're going through and we can support each other because I mean otherwise I'm not really sure what the friendship is based on it's based on what that you play a sport together and you have like a few words and it's like oh you know I'm going through this really big emotional issue but I'm not going to talk about it and instead we have a very surface level understanding of who each other are you know and equally, on a romantic level, I want to be—I want to be with somebody who can support me, and I can support them. And if it, if they're in love with a version of me which is based on the lapor being some stern, stiff upper lip, masculine super—that's just not me. And it's not—it's it would be me playing a role that's not genuine. And um, yeah, I feel like yeah. You can be emotionally sensitive and you can be confident in who you are. That's what I'm trying to get at. Just because you're emotionally sensitive doesn't mean that you are there, therefore not confident. You know, I was talking before about how you have to, what I'm looking for is somebody who's happy and confident in themselves. To me, that is, that goes hand in hand with you being emotionally in tune with yourself and emotionally sensitive. So to me, there's no the link between being a simp, whatever that means, and emotionally sensitive. I don't really understand what the connection is for me. Yeah. Thanks, Delapo, for sharing that. And also, Violet, thanks for sharing what you shared earlier. Um, yeah, I think to sort of piggyback off what Delapo said, I myself, I think I've been guilty of trying to be someone I'm not when I was younger, where I assumed that this is the stereotypical how a man is supposed to be. That's probably due to just, I guess, culturally, like, the parents telling you, oh, a man has to be like this to his wife and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, this isn't me, so why am I trying to be like this? So to sort of echo what Delapo said, like, yeah, I just embraced who I am. And I'm like, now I'm just at a point where I'm just like, I am who I am. Like, and I'm not the kind of person that will change in different circles. Like, I'm just me consistently. So at this point, it's like you, you either take me as I am or you don't, like, whether that's friendship, like I'm 32. So it's like, I ain't got time to waste <laughs> to like try and make you like me. Do you know what I mean? So just, um, but yeah. And also just, I guess for me to sort of, I guess, counter what Anton said for me, therapy has been to try and better myself and sort of unpack a lot of the things that I may, obviously there's things that we all have thoughts we all have, but therapy kind of helps you sort of untangle it and unpack all of it and sort of, get perspective and when you kind of understand the root cause of things that kind of helps you deal with it a bit better do you know what i mean so as much as it's a, a place you can just vent and say what all your trials and tribulations it's also a good place to sort of get to the root cause of things 
and also for me, I guess, and I'm sure we can all agree that we don't want to sort of bring these kind of, obviously our parents have put trauma on us, like generational trauma on us. Um, I kind of feel like it's our job to, this is just my opinion. I feel like it's our job to sort of break that generational trauma. So we don't sort of pass it on to our kids. Like if my kids, if I, if I have a son and he is, I, don't, I would never try and make him to be someone he's not. I wouldn't want him to raise him to be someone he's not and be, oh, you can't talk about your feelings or whatever. Like, And I think that's definitely happened to me when I was growing up, when my dad would be like, no, 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 why are you crying? Like, men don't cry, that kind of thing. So obviously that kind of puts fear in you and it like it, it does affect you, even though you might think it's just a little st- little comment. It does affect you in big ways, like down the line. So, yeah, I definitely feel like, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Do you feel like we it is our job to sort of break this sort of trend of trauma that we keep sort of passing on to generation to generation? Because obviously, as much as our parents have their own traumas from back home, we have new ones because we're trying to, we're first generation, I'm assuming anyway, first generation sort of immigrant children. So we're trying to sort of deal with their norms and then the norms of Western society. So, yeah, I guess it's just an open question to everybody. Yeah, I, I think that any any parent should be looking, obviously, to, to raise um, their kids. Uh, well, any, any, any parent should be looking to do... To, to, to do a little bit better than, than their parents in terms of how they're raising their kids. And what I mean by that is, um, again, for me, the process of becoming an adult is me reflecting upon um, the way in which I was raised and some of the things that happened. Um, and me, therefore, affirming to myself that, okay, these are the elements of how I was raised, which I would like to change when it comes to me having my own children. I would also say, though, that because no, nobody's perfect, right, there are going to be ways in which inadvertently I'm going to mess up my kids, right? And that's inevitable. Um, even if I have the best of intentions, I might have a straight comment, which, as Pav was saying, could lead to them um, having some kind of uh, some kind of issue or insecurity of all the rest of it. Um, and so th- that just that just speaks to how when when my kids then have kids, it will be their responsibility to say, okay, this is something that happened in my childhood that I would like to fix when it comes to my kids. So basically, nobody could ever do a a perfect job because we are human beings, we're not perfect. Um, but I think all you can look to do is to try and to try and do a bit better than, um, it, uh, than, than your parents did and just um, try your best basically. And as I said, inevitably you're going to do something that messes up your kid. There's no, there's no adult who has no, no issues whatsoever um, from, from, from their childhood, right? We were speaking about what well, Violet was mentioning before how everybody would benefit from therapy and it speaks to this right because there is going to be something which happened which uh, just because we're alive and we're breathing we have emotions and all the rest of it that we're going to have to fix when we become parents so um yeah but um how can we help our kids you know if we did not get help and how do we know that what we are telling them is the right thing if you did not receive help isn't it like I, I think they should just figure it out on their own. I mean, that's just the world. That's how the world goes. That's just my opinion. But you wouldn't want them to struggle, though, would you? No, well, I would not want them to struggle. But I mean, how can you help your kids if you did not receive the help? How do you know what you're telling them 
of the way you're directing them. How do you know it's the right way? How do you know it's the right thing to do if you have no experience of getting help? How can you, how can you, if you're a blind man, how can you lead a blind man? But you don't know that there's no right or wrong, I suppose. Like when you say, well, how do you know it's the right way? Okay, but how do you know that the way you were raised is the right way? I mean, you're alive, your parents made sure that you, you know, managed to not fall over a cliff or play with fire or, I know, eat a knife or something like that. So I suppose, you know, in that level. But I think, um, like what, what Dako was saying, well, to respond to your question from my point of view, the way I see it, so I'm a little bit old and I have nieces and I made sure my sister's very much one of those people who won't really talk about her emotions, things that exist, just bury her head in the sand, nothing ever happened. And I'm like, no, we're going to talk about this or I'm going to deal with this. And I made sure it was my thing that when my nieces, and they're all grown women now, they're all like in their late 20s, um, to tell them about sex, talk about like relationships, but not just talk about it in oh, this is what happens, but actually these are some of the feelings that might happen or these are some of the things that you might experience in life. So I think if you, you don't know where to start, I think it's just about a conversation about speaking to your children about their life and allowing them the space to just really talk about things um, in an honest way rather than just shooting them down and also relating to them on certain things. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I experienced the same thing. Um, or other things that I see which I really... I personally really hate is if like a little boy hurts himself or falls over and they start crying or someone who's bullying them, they start crying. They get told, don't cry, don't cry. But actually, no, that I've got a cut on my leg that really hurts. So actually, that really hurt my feelings. Why shouldn't I cry? And just allowing children space to be vulnerable. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. You can, you can teach people be like we're, we're intelligent beings you can teach people two things like okay you need to stand up for yourself and make sure no one takes liberties with you and don't fall off a cliff or you know all of these things but also if something hurts you talk about it and just let them know that you are here to talk about so if you talk about these things if you find it difficult to share your own personal experiences then maybe being that person that somebody else can share their special experiences with without the fear that you're going to judge them or think of them as something different. So, for example, you're talking about your friends and them saying, well, they'll just look at you odd or just, you know, why why would you do that? But just allowing someone to the space to do that without judging them, without your facial expression being like you're judging them, um, being compassionate and kind. Because all it takes is for one person in your circle to just do that thing like to just be that person without judgment for other people to kind of follow. So I don't know. That's, that's what I think personally. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> definitely agree. Definitely agree. But yeah, I don't, to Anton's point, I guess. Yeah, fine. We don't have necessarily have the right answers. We may not, because obviously every generation is different. They go through different things. There's social media, which wasn't really that big for us growing up. So and that seems to be like cyberbullying, etc., is a massive thing. So there's obviously we're never going to know exactly what they're going through, but like Nadi said, we can just have a conversation. We can talk to them, try and understand. I don't necessarily, I personally don't necessarily agree with like just telling them to figure it out themselves. That's just me because I don't. Me growing up, I, I, I guess that was how my parents were kind of with me. Like yeah, just figure it out yourself, whatever. Because I could never really go to them for 
advice uh, if I was going through stuff because they would never understood, don't, never understand. They'd be like, "Oh, you don't know what we went through, the struggles we went through, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So I guess for me, I'd want for my kids to at least come to me. Like I don't want them to, if they screw up, I like I was terrified if, to tell my parents whenever I messed up. Do you know what I mean? I don't want my kids to have that same fear and be like, "Oh my god." Like, I can't tell my dad about this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want them to actually be confident, be like, okay, my dad can help me sort this. Do you know what I mean? That That's my perspective. Yeah, I just think with the generational stuff, I just think the kids, my kids, I'll just leave them to figure it out. Their social media, their whatever they can learn, just like how I learned growing up. That's how I think I'm training them to be a man if it's a, if it's a boy. I just let him figure it out himself. Let him put um, his hand in the dog's mouth and get bitten. <laughs> Anton. <laughs> and to <laughs> tough love, yeah? Anton, no. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a talk after this. I'm, I'm going to have a serious talk with you after this, Anton. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I'm going to just quickly wrap this up. But yeah, thanks, guys. It's great to hear everyone's different perspectives and there was a lot of different perspectives in this one for this topic. So it was definitely good to hear sort of both perspectives and even new things. I definitely learned some stuff today. So this was great to hear, obviously. Um, I do encourage anyone listening to this that um, is struggling to sort of seek out help, go to therapy. There's always all these resources out there. We'll try and find something and try and put it on our page if we can. And um, yeah. I guess that concludes our topic of uh, why society views uh, men male sensitivity as being simpy, or whatever the word is. <laughs> to send in your anonymous responses to The Weekly Dilemma and to get a preview of the next episode's topics, follow us at letthejameson.podcast on all platforms. We're your hosts, Pam Violet. Thank you for listening. Always drink and share responsibly. <laughs>